Hi, I'm KS Garner, and you're listening to the Solo Nerdwood Podcast. Today, I'll be speaking with the creator and author of the webcomic Poppy, The Girl Who Slept In 100 Years, Matthew Sin, here to promote the comics, webcomics upcoming Kickstarter. Welcome, Matthew. Hi, thanks for having me here. It's good to be here. Well, thank you for joining us today. But outside of my introduction, who is Matthew Sin in his own words? Uh, so I'm a, uh, by trade, I'm a 2D animator. And uh, on the side, I do uh, comics. I do the art and uh, the story. So I write and draw and pretty much do everything myself. Letter, I get some help with editing. But other than that, it's a, it's a one-man show for the most part. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, I don't know. how Do you want to hear the whole, the whole story? Yeah, sure. I'm like, this is, this is your time. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. So I've been doing comics for a number of years now. I really, I mean, I've been doing it ever since I could hold, you know, a crayon in my hand as a, as a baby, um, you know, just loving to draw. And then um, yeah, I was doing, you know, uh, pencil on paper stuff in, in school. Um, but then I really got serious about it right after I graduated high school. And uh, my first comic that I actually did get published was called Quiet, a graphic novel of introversion, which was based on my own experiences in school, being very you know shy and uh, an outcast and not having many friends. So I, I channeled that into a creative, uh, a creative outlet, and it really seemed to do well and resonate with a lot of people. So um, I've continued to do comics since then, mostly uh, indie stuff, one shots, short stories, things like that. And uh, now I've gotten onto uh, webtoons, and I've got Poppy, which has become uh, quite popular. I think it's probably my most popular work yet, uh, uh-huh. which is great. And uh, so, yeah, that's what I'm I'm focusing all my time on right now, and I think it's been a worthwhile endeavor. Mm-hmm. So, what is Poppy, the girl who slept in a hundred years, webcomic about? I mean, obviously she slept in a hundred years, but like, what is it really about? Um, yeah, so, uh, you know, like you said from the title, she slept in 100 years. So she's a teenage girl from the 1920s, uh, you know, the flapper type, very upbeat and, and uh, very of the times, you know, it's the, it's the, da- the jazz age. Um, she sleeps in 100 years and wakes up in modern day, the 2020s, which is a much different world than what she's used to, but she keeps that joyful attitude and that, that heart and then she goes, uh, you know, back to her school and and makes new friends, and then uh, learns, you know, tries to find out what happened to her family, and 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 you know, kind of navigate her way through uh, while still keeping a smile. So that's really what's at the heart of it is seeing uh, juxtaposing the 1920s and the 2020s and comparing and contrasting because there's a lot more to them than you might think. Uh huh. So could you just elaborate a little bit more on the creative process on Poppy, the girl who slept in 100 years as a whole, from working on it as a webcomic to now publishing it through, or at least getting the funds through Kickstarter? Um, Yeah, so it it started uh, just about a year ago now. I can't believe it's only been that short. It feels like I've been working on it forever. Um, And I sort of got inspired by old... um, old comics from the 50s, like Archie and a few other ones. Uh, and and just sort of observing that art style, I really enjoyed that like pulpy paper look, the, uh, you know, the colors, the misaligned from the from the uh, line art, uh, those dots everywhere. Mm-hmm. And, 
you know, I, I started trying to recreate that digitally and just sort of just as a fun experiment, you know, and I really started to like it. And I thought, well, gee, what if there was a character who looked like this walking around against modern characters and it, you know, evolved from there. And so, um, and, and, and yeah, keeping that idea of, of 1920s versus 2020s, that's kind of influencing every creative decision in that front there. And I think I'll, Excuse me. Um, so yeah, so for the creative process of that, it's it's keeping that in mind helps a lot. Um, and I I always wanted it to be that old newspaper comic style, uh, you know, four panels and you update it about every day, which is uh, pretty close to what I've been doing. I've been uploading every other month, so you get like a, a batch of strips, and then we take a break, and then you get another batch, and uh, that's worked out for me pretty well so far. Um, and I had been reading a lot of webtoons, you know, the last couple of years, and I thought that might be a good a good platform to try it out on, and it, it sure as heck was. Uh, it's it's been getting very popular on there. So now, um, to try and get it even closer to the newspaper comic style, uh, I'm we're trying to be uh, printing a physical book of Poppy through the Kickstarter. That's what our our goal is to raise funds to do a printing of uh, you know a book you can hold in your hands. Um, I get a lot of uh, a lot of comments and, and people saying that uh, the comic reminds them of reading newspaper comics. Like e either they're old enough to remember actually reading them, or they remember reading the books with their grandparents. Things like like Calvin and Hobbes and Garfield, or you know things like that. And it brings back sort of nostalgia for them. I think a physical book would go a long way to to help recreate that feeling. Uh huh. So what have you noticed that's changed about Poppy the webcomic that you weren't expecting or things that have come up, you know, you, you mentioned earlier about how popular it became and then, you know, how it's being translated now into different languages and you're saying it's like the most popular thing you've ever really put out there. So how was that, how, like, when did you notice that this was becoming a lot bigger than you thought it was going to be? Um, yeah, so I, I it, it debuted last July, um, and of course I was just sharing it with all my friends and any platform I had. So it had a you know a bit of a a start there, but nothing too, too spectacular. And then it it I think I and I don't have any hundred percent confirmation of this, but just the way the time latches up, this is my theory. Is um, I I got back in touch with my old animation professor, and uh, you know we we had been talking for a bit, and then. I was talking about what I was working on at the time of Poppy, and he's like, "Oh, that's that'd be really cool. Send it my way, and I'll, I'll share it with the current students at the at the college there." And that's what he did, and I think that's what helped spark it because right after he did that, I saw the numbers go up and up and up, and and it started to kind of snowball, and then it got uh, featured on their front page of like up and coming comics, and then it really you know exploded. So. Um, and that was right around the time I was putting out a storyline where it was touching on some some um, more sensitive subjects of modern society, you know? Because uh, yeah. when I wrote it, there was like 10 people reading it. I was like, I'm just going to write what I want, you know, that's fair. And then, um, you know, it's it suddenly there's a thousand people reading it and I'm about to put out one that could be, you know, pretty hot button issue. And I'm like, oh, geez, I don't know. But I I, I went, you know... I went through with it anyway, and it got 
well received and and after that moment i went okay i've created a character that's that's you know charming and beloved enough we can touch upon some some certain topics and and people will still enjoy it um but ever since then i've always been careful of okay this is a very family friendly you know comic for all ages of course i want to i want to reach as many as i can so i'm always careful of deciding what uh what we're going to put in there you know not to betray any any creative decisions that way but like you know because if i have a topic i want to tackle i'm going to tackle it it's just how do we want to address it right um so that's been in terms of the popularity you know uh got to be careful what you say online of course but uh yeah. um in terms of uh, you mentioned the translations which is another uh just completely unexpected part of uh of it you know gaining popularity i i you know, I, I post it around on, on Webtoons and also some different sites, Instagram and Tapas and all that. And um, it's kind of a funny story. I got a, a message in December from this guy. I had no no clue who he was. And he was just asking, like, can I ask you some questions about Webtoon? And I was like, oh, it might be, you know, up and coming creator. He wants to get some advice. I'm like, yeah, sure. And then he just didn't reply for like two months. And I was just like, okay, whatever. Um, and then he finally got back to me and he's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize you replied. And I'm like, ah, no worries. Uh, you know, what's up? And it turns out he was from France and wanted to translate the comic into French. He wanted to offer his services as a freelance translator to, to, you know, translate the comic. And I was like, that's crazy. Like, sure. We can, you know, work something out. He was a bit more familiar with that sort of process than me um, because there is some, there's some processes and tools Webtoon provides to allow fans to translate the comics. Mm -hmm. um, but because of the way Poppy is, especially with her speech balloons being textured and hand-drawn, it was extremely difficult to use that in order to to actually like edit the comic and translate it over. Um, not to mention, I told him, like, this is a very, you know, it's it's slang heavy. Like it's hard enough to read in English because she's using outdated slang. Uh -huh. uh, there's a lot of wordplay. I love puns. There's all sorts of things, uh, cultural references that just you, you know I don't know what a French audience is, is gonna get out of that. So it's gonna be a a lot of hard work. Um, but he was you know he was ready to go. So he he wanted to do it. Um, so we we you know, wrote up an agreement and I shared with him the original files so that it'd be easier to edit. And, and we've gone on with the, with the editing process. And then uh, another person got in touch with me and this time it was an Italian lady from the university of Venice who said she's doing her uh, degree on language and she wants to do her thesis on my comic. And I was just blown away. Um, and her thesis in particular was, well, how would you translate a comic like that into Italian? And I'm like, yeah, that's a very good question, considering we're about to do it. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, she, I, I gave her a full interview, and and you know, and yeah, so she she took it and she actually you know analyzed everything and broke it down within her thesis there of of what the comic is and how these jokes work, you know completely destroying the jokes in the process, but beautifully dissected, you know, <laughs> um, in the most academic way possible. It's, it's great. It's great. Um, 
And then she actually did translate a few uh, strips, and she chose some of the most difficult ones in in the comic to to translate. And I was I was very impressed. And uh, and by the time that she had actually finished her thesis and submitted it and shared it with me, I was like, yeah, sure enough, there's some techniques in there that we actually did decide to use, and some jokes that got translated the exact same way, like not not exactly because Italian and French and and all that, but you know, the, the process of it was the exact same. So I was like, okay, we're on the right track. Uh-huh. And uh, so she graduated in April, um, top marks with honors. So congrats to her. Uh-huh. Um, and shortly after she had originally got in touch with me, another person got in touch with me, this time from Brazil, asking if she could translate it into Brazilian Portuguese. And so I'm just like, okay, well... You know, because they they are offering their services, um, and I can't exactly afford to pay you right now. Let's do a Kickstarter and raise some money, and let's let's raise some funds for these translations. So that's the other part of this this Kickstarter is going to be a physical book as well as the translations. Well, do you see? Well, I don't know how it works on webtoons, but can you see where your audiences are coming from? Are you getting French and Italian and you know Brazilian? Um, readers i unfortunately no i haven't been able to to gain that sort of insight on the webtoon platform i have on other platforms such as um facebook i do see quite a bit of um brazilian interaction there um and then instagram and other websites i'm able to get a bit more of a look but um with webtoon yeah it's it's not as much so a lot of these are surprises mm-hmm. um but it it is very cool that i get to to you know have this worldwide audience really to to see my comic there um and yeah so the the translation process has been going on for a while um it's been it's been going very good there's a lot of um because it's a translation but we also are localizing them slightly because there's a lot of cultural references you know so the jokes don't work so we've been you know editing those and i've been working very closely with them to kind of preserve the essence of it you know and being like, hey, yeah. this is this is what the intention is, you know, and also finding unique things because they're doing research on 1920s Brazil and France. So they've been able to find a lot of unique things that I would never have been able to find. And they've, you know, implemented it, you know, certain slang words or, or you know, just things like that. And that's been really interesting just on my end to just be like, wow, I never would have knew that. Mm-hmm. So. How has the process been on um, collaborating with other creators um, on Poppy? Like, I know you said you, you know, you're the, the writer, creator, and artist mainly, but I know um, you've been working with, um, I don't know, the variant cover artist. I don't know how to pronounce the name. Uh, oh, Kanan. Kanan, yeah, Kanan. And then you have Leland, who I've interviewed before, um, editing, and then uh, JL Collins. So, how has it been collaborating with? them on on your work because i know you said mainly you do most of everything pretty much yeah yeah so and and there's many other names as well um um peter and his brother and a few others um uh and all those guys i've met through um the okanagan uh comics workshop you know okanagan comic creators which is a a local group here in Kelowna. um and like the name suggests, it's a workshop. So every week we come together, share what we've been working on, and we offer feedback and, and workshop it. So um, 
So they they've been very helpful in in that front with you know coming up certain ideas or just refining the process and things like that. And then Kanan was very nice to offer to do a variant cover for the book, and I think he he knocked it out of the park. I can't wait for everyone to see it. It's such a such a great cover that I I'm I'm really jealous I didn't come up with the idea for it myself, but uh, he's been great. And and yeah, Leland, like you mentioned, has been on here before, and he's been invaluable with helping me with the Kickstarter process because he's been through it a number of times, um, and this is my first one, you know. So yeah, they've been they've been very helpful every step of the way, even if they're not, you know, directly doing work on the comic. Their their uh, presence around has been extraordinarily helpful. Uh huh. So how has your Kickstarter experience been for the first time? Uh, it's a lot of work. It is a lot of work, definitely. Um, but it's very rewarding, and uh, it's fun to to implement everything and then see it kind of come together and come up with, you know, uh, all the ideas for you know the book and and the reward tiers and what we want to do for things like that. And seeing anytime we share it or tell people like, yeah, this is coming soon, and and seeing them like how excited they get, like, oh yeah, make sure to. Uh, let me know when it's out, and I'll for sure back you. And and you know, it, yeah. it's a very positive experience in the end. So it's it's been really good. Yeah. So, what is some advice you could offer to other creators? You wish someone would have told you when you first started. So it could be when you first started working in 2D animation, when you first started, you know, working on your graphic novel, when you started working on the web comic. You know, I know you're getting help with your Kickstarter, but it's like. You know, uh, you know, I wish somebody would have told me this when I first started, whatever it may be, even working with, you know, uh, translators and, you know, internationally. Right. So how what advice could you offer to other creators you wish someone would have told you? Um, probably the biggest thing, and it, it's especially with um, with just making comics here is it is since it is it is a lot of work to make a comic is don't shoot too big. Mm -hmm. try to try to keep your ideas small for the first part you know like when i did my first graphic novel i was like oh yeah this could go for like 60 issues oh yeah i've got tons and tons of ideas i made six <laughs> and that and that was you know it took me like six years to finish so it was it was you know that was never gonna happen but but just having that enough done just even just finishing the first issue was like a milestone so so you know and and then since then, yeah, I definitely toned it down to like I've done a 32-page one-shot. I've entered quite a few um, uh, quite a few challenge things where it's um, you know you have one week to make a four-page comic, and that's a really good uh, exercise challenge. I would I would suggest for for comic creators to try. It's just you know the smallest amount that you can tell a story you know, and, and make it manageable. And you do a lot of those and each one, it gets better over time. And I think that's why I've, I've been really enjoying the comic strip process because I only have to do four panels at a time and then I have a finished comic, right? Yeah. So it's, it's bite-sized, it's much more, more manageable. You know, you look at the finished product right now, I think it's over 120 strips and it's like, that's, you know, insane, but it's only done four at a time. It's much more manageable. So, you know, for those just starting out, like, yeah, just, you know, don't bite off more than you can chew. Uh -huh. um, and one thing I've just learned 
just as I've been in the creative world the last 10 years or whatever, um, it, it is a lot about connections, people you meet, like other artists or even just your readers, you know, um, they can have a lot of input and if they like your stuff and they'll share it and you like their stuff, you share it, you can kind of, you know, build that sort of repertoire and, and this sort of little circle of, of creatives that you can share. So whenever you have your new project that's out and they know you, they can share it around, you know, and it, it takes a long time to build that, but it's definitely worth um, building it up um, because those, some of those connections can be for life. Yeah. So I guess just to go back a little bit about how, you know, when you were writing a certain topic, it was, it was like really kind of sensitive in a way. And it was only like maybe 10 people reading. And then all of a sudden it became a thousand, you know, within maybe a couple of days, couple of weeks, right when you were writing it. So how did you learn to trust yourself not only as a creator and even trust your readers that they could handle it. Like, so trust, like, so how did you learn to trust yourself as a writer to be able to be confident enough to even, you know, tackle something like this and the fact that your readers could handle it? Yeah, it was, it was not simple. It was, it was a lot of asking, you know, my friends and, and the creative types, like, what do you think? What would you do? And a lot of them were like, you know, you, you know, you should be able to like, go for it. And a couple were like, I would not blame you if you just trashed it and just didn't even go there, you know? Um, and I was like, okay. And the, the reason I wanted to tackle those kind of topics to begin with, rather than just make something like just, you know, sugary and sweet and everything's fine, you know, um, was that I, I think even family-friendly ones can tackle that. Like the biggest one for me was Calvin and Hobbes and the infamous raccoon storyline, you know, where he, he finds the baby, I don't know if it was a baby, but it was a raccoon um, that's injured and sick and, and it, he tries to take care of it and it ends up dying and he has to just sort of come to terms with that, you know. And so I thought like, if you handle it well, like you can do these, these different topics here. Um, and and part of it was also just originally when I was writing it, it was a little edgier, um, where I was just gonna throw a throw a lot of things in there that nowadays I'd be like, oh, Poppy would never do that, you know, um, uh, and and things like that. But and some of that you can still see at the beginning um, because I thought, okay, that that grit is kind of reflective of the modern world. Um, you know, where, where, you know, 1920s is all uh, upbeat jazz age and, and all that. But um, the modern age people are just a lot more cynical and, and jaded. And, and, you know, I don't blame them at all. all but we've been through, right. Um, mm. But I think that's why you need someone like Poppy is just to just go like, yeah, things aren't as bad as they might seem, or you, you can get through it, you know? Yeah. Um, and but in the end, just the the kind of, of trust in that was just sort of like, I'm just going to throw it out there and I, I'm not even going to read the comments. I'm just going to keep going and and uh, try not to look back and, uh, you know, what happens happens. Um, and I, I got uh, 
I don't know, it, it worked out in the end and I was, I was very happy with that and going, okay, all right, that was, that was a tough one. I probably needed to do it, but now it's done. And since we've addressed it, I don't need to address it again. So that's the good part. And then someone in the comments was like, by the way, when are you going to tackle this subject? And I was like, oh, for goodness sakes. <laughs> so, yeah, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's, it's just kind of leap of faith in the end, really. Mm-hmm. So outside of working on Poppy, the girl who slept in 100 years, how well do you find balance in your life? And how do you typically manage your mental well-being when you become stressed, frustrated, or overwhelmed? Yeah, so um, when, I, when I created Poppy, I actually had done it during a two-week vacation, and that sort of was the time that I had to just sort of, you know, uh, play around with ideas and, and stuff like that. And then by the time I got it going and, and was creating it, I was back at work. I was working at Yeti Farm uh, as an animator. And uh, yeah, the I, I wanted to get out like the first bunch rather quickly because I actually had a storyline idea I wanted to do by at the end of the year. And I, I didn't uh, end up getting to do it that year. It'll probably end up being this year. Um, but I was like, okay, how do I get this out quickly? Because I see most comics doing like a week at a time. But I'm only doing four panel strips. So if that was weekly, that's a very slow release schedule. So I was like, okay, we'll, we'll try the newspaper style of daily, but I'll, I'll take weekends off. It'll just be weekdays or, you know, five strips a week. And... Uh, it just so happened that the, the, the first couple arcs fit nicely into like, oh, I can get them out in a month, you know, mm -hmm. give or take a couple weeks. And I thought like, okay, well, I could like take a break after each month and just sort of do, you know, monthly every other month. But then within that month is daily. And so I was like, okay, I could, I could probably keep that up at least to the end of the year and then we'll see. And it, it was a lot of work. It was, you know, yeah. working eight hours a day in a studio, animating, and then going home and working another four to five hours on this comic strip that I have to get done, you know, every day. Uh, it was a lot of work. But um, I don't know, giving myself that, that month to sort of build up enough, um, like a buffer, like I have enough strips finished that yeah. I can, you know, take some time on, on some of the bigger ones, or even just take some days off, you know, that sort of helped a lot. And then um, it, I think it was also a bit of like, since I had to work on something else at the animation, the, the, the show I was working on at the time, it was, you know, I could, I could change gears mentally to, okay, I've worked on animation a long time here. I'm going to go home and, oh, now I get to work on Poppy. Hey, that's something different. I'm, I'm excited for this now, you mm -hmm. know? So it's, it's kind of a, uh, if I just focus on one thing, you know, for a long time, then it's, you can easily get burnt out. Um, but even, even just working a lot, if it's working on different things, it, it you know, keeps it different enough. Um, yeah, you and now gears a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Switching focus at least mm -hmm. a little. And, uh, but now this year, um, uh, my contract with them ended last December. So this year I've been able to focus full time on Poppy, which, you know, do, you do get a little bit of that, uh, that burnout there. Okay. I, I, I've been, you know, but it also helps to, to stagger 
uh, the workflow so I don't work on the same strip and finish it in one day. I'll rough it out. And then the next day I'll do the line art. And then the next day I'll do the color and, and finish it up and letter it, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and so each day I rough one, I line art, color, and, and it's sort of like staggered for each strip. So every day one's getting done, one's getting colored, another one's getting, you know, so it's still that shifting gears thing. It's just on the smaller scale of strip by strip basis. Mm -hmm. um, and then, yeah, so it's, it's, it's also the first time I've had to work from home. Um, I was very lucky that uh, during the last few years of COVID, I was still in studio. There was very few of us, maybe about a dozen or so in the whole studio. Um, but I was at least able to go in and, and you know, get out and, you know, uh, stay a bit sane. Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, working from home, that's been a new challenge for me, having to, to learn to, you know, put away the distractions and uh and all that and and just you know hunker down and focus but also you know since it is pretty much the only thing i i have to focus on for the most part i mean there's other things in life but you know i am able to to take a bit more time to to do it and still hit my deadlines so you know it's 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 been all right i've been hanging in there that's good <laughs> Um, well, is there anything else that you want to touch on about Poppy, the girl who slept in 100 years that um, we may have missed as a whole, or maybe just uh, discuss with readers um, for uh, potential backers, like rewards, I'm sorry, for potential backers? Um, yeah, we can we can talk about the Kickstarter a bit if you want. Um, yeah. So yeah, that'll start on June 1st, and it'll go to June 21st. Um, so obviously the main thing we're doing is funding for the book as well as the translation so uh, it's a physical book 75 pages or sorry 72 pages 75 comics uh, as well as 10 pages of extras such as behind the scenes stuff um, and and bonus strips actually never before seen comics are going to be in there exclusive to the book so I highly recommend getting that we'll have it available digitally uh, as well as print there'll be a variant cover by Kanan and uh, it will also be available in English, French, and Brazilian Portuguese. Um, and there's some other other goodies as well. If uh, if you really want it, uh, you can obviously get it signed. You can get your name in the back of the book in the credits. Um, if you support it, uh, I don't remember the exact tier, but if you if you really want to help us out, uh, you can get uh, custom sketch cards commissioned. Uh, that come with your book, and if you really, really, really love Poppy, uh, there is a a limited tier at the very top, two hundred fifty dollars, uh, where you can be in the comic. So if you want to be a background character or an incidental character, uh, then the, the here's your opportunity. So you can look forward to that. Oh, that sounds really cool. Um, well, are you attending any cons this year? Um, and where can people find you online? I mean, obviously the web webtoon but like pretty much like what name is it under and um are you active on social media outside of that too um yeah so the conventions we're aiming to have it done in time for the Kelowna comic-con that should be this august here in mm -hmm. Kelowna. and uh last year i went to pentacon the comic convention in penticton i had a lot of fun so i'll definitely want to be going back there um for social media, I'm on Twitter at Magooster14. I'm on Instagram at MatthewSen95. 
Uh, you can find Poppy on Webtoon Canvas at webtoons.com under Poppy the Girl Who Slept in 100 Years, or you can search my creator profile at Magooster19. And if Webtoons isn't your cup of tea, then Poppy's also available on tapas.io under the same name, same username. And if you want to check out the other work I've done, you can go to matthewsend.com where I have all my animations, comics, artwork, anything I've done. And if it's not on there, you can find links to it. Yep. All right. Well, again, I want to thank the creator and author of the webcomic Poppy, the girl who slept in 100 years, Matthew Sen, for joining us here today to promote the webcomic's upcoming Kickstarter. All of Matthew's socials and website will be listed in this episode's details alongside the Kickstarter link for those who are interested. Again, I'm KS Garner, and you've been listening to the Solo Nervous Podcast. Thank you. Thank you.